If you will turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew today, the Gospel of Matthew, we are in Matthew chapter 6. Today we'll be focusing on verse 11. But as we have been working through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount uh, this year, we have now come to Jesus' teaching on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, This is the model prayer for us, the structure by which God's people come to the throne of heaven. We are now at verse 11, a very important concept of our daily bread. But as we have been doing for the last several weeks, uh, we're going to read the Lord's Prayer together. If you have a bulletin near you, inside of the bulletin, I have given you uh, the Lord's Prayer in the King James Version, and we will all stand and uh, let's recite that together because it's important for us to understand the model prayer that Jesus is teaching us here. Amen? Very familiar wording in the King James of this prayer for some of us, and it's just poetic and beautiful, isn't it? So let's read this prayer together as a prayer. We're reading God's Word together. Ready? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Father God, we come to you this morning giving you praise. Your name is worthy of honor. And dear God, you have granted us the privilege of being your people, of being citizens of your kingdom. And so, God, today I pray that you would help us to see this very important petition of prayer about our daily bread. Our daily needs are those needs that we depend upon you. And your son Jesus has taught us this very important point of prayer that we are to come to you and pray fervent. We are to pray boldly, asking for your provision for us. I pray, God, this morning that you would open our hearts, open our minds to receive your word. Dear God, that you would teach us how to depend upon you, not just in our physical needs, because our physical needs point to a greater eternal need. And so, God, I pray that this time would be for your glory. Use it for your kingdom. Use it to teach us and to shape us, to make us citizens of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please have a seat. Give us this day our daily bread. Some of us in this room may actually understand that need for prayer more so than others. Some of us have more bread and more food at home than we know what to do with. As a matter of fact, perhaps, how many of us just enjoy eating so much that we know that one of our greatest sins is gluttony? Right. In the Baptist doctrine, we don't teach much about gluttony, do we? Amen? Uh, that is forbidden. We are not to teach about gluttony. And so uh, it's important for us to understand here, what is Jesus trying to teach us? Give us this day our daily bread. The Lord's Prayer that Jesus gives us, I think, is... This is a model, remember? Uh, These six petitions of prayer are Jesus teaching us the framework or the model 
by which we come to our Father in heaven. We don't come to God the Father any way other than the way that He gives us instruction. Now, this doesn't mean that we, we pray this prayer like a liturgy. It's, I mean, that's, that's a beautiful and poetic way to do so, but this is also a very good structure for our personal prayer to the Lord. Amen? But let's think here about the, the Lord's Prayer. These six petitions are important. And the first three petitions that we've, we've looked at, we're focused on acknowledging the one to whom we bring our petitions of prayer. Right? Who is it that we bring our prayers to? It is God the Father who is holy. He is the one whose name is to be hallowed. He is the one who is to be revered. Let's remember the first three petitions in this structure of prayer. This same Father God is then called upon to bring forth His kingdom. This is what we looked at last week. That we call upon God to bring forth His kingdom and to fulfill His will on earth just as His will is holy in heaven. Now Jesus here in verse 11, he shares with us this fourth petition. And this is the first of the last three, so this is the beginning of the last half of the structure. This is what we're looking at today. And this petition of our daily bread turns the focus of prayer upon our needs. In other words, the one coming to God in prayer has needs. Why is it that we pray? You ever pondered that? We're commanded by God to pray. We are given instruction by Jesus to pray. When we pray, what are we doing? We are bringing our needs to the throne, aren't we? We're giving God praise. We're giving Him honor. But in our prayers, we are bringing our needs to God. How many of us have needs? We have needs. This is why God commands us. He encourages us. He calls us to pray. And so this petition in verse 11 is one of the most fundamental needs of, that we have, and that is food, our daily bread, our daily needs, our genuine needs. And this is what I emphasize here today. I think Jesus is teaching us our genuine needs. They're worthy of bringing to God. Sometimes we want to be humble. We want to be, uh, we want to, we don't want to bother God with our needs, or we're embarrassed that we're asking. But God is calling us to pray about our genuine needs and bring those to Him in our prayer. But let's stop stop and ponder here. The needs that we bring in prayer are only those needs that are worthy needs. And these are the needs that fall under these expectations of the first three petitions that we come to God and give Him praise about. Right? As Jesus teaches us about... uh, The structure of prayer, the purpose of this prayer, give us this day our daily bread. I want us to look at this. There's two points here. This this request for dear God, give us this day our daily bread is twofold. First one is to remind us of our dependence upon God, our Creator. The first aspect of this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, is to remind us of our need, our dependence upon God who creates us. Especially, we're dependent upon God, our Creator, for our physical needs. Did God create you and me? Does He create all that there is? Absolutely. None of us in this room would be here apart from God as the Creator who continues to sustain our very existence. And as an act of grace, we continue to exist 
despite the fact of our sin. And so this prayer here, the first thing to remind ourselves in of is that we are to, we are dependent upon God, especially we're dependent upon the needs of our physical bodies. Because our state of being, our physical state has limits. The older we get, the more that becomes real. Amen? Our physical needs have limits. And this prayer, I think, is a general prayer that God would give us all things which the body needs. Not just food, and, but clothing. But, but everything else that He knows that we need to assist us in eating our bread in peace. Is it, need, is it necessary, is it a need to eat our bread in peace? Not in struggle, not in uh, fighting, not in scrapping for whatever you can get. Some of us in this room may have grown up in a life where you had to scrap for every little morsel. Or you may have had days where there was no bread in the house. This prayer, dear God, give us this day our daily bread. We're asking that, we're asking for the peace of God even in our daily needs. That's a good prayer, isn't it? Now, secondly, here's the second part of this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Secondly, this prayer, this, this petition, this particular aspect of the prayer is to point us to the knowledge of heavenly things as well. It's not just our physical needs. Our physical needs point us to our spiritual needs. In other words, this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, points us to the knowledge of the heavenly. It is the order of Scripture in many places throughout the Bible to bring us to understanding of heaven by the taste of earthly things. When we taste the goodness of the earth, when we taste the goodness of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, that's what we had Wednesday night. If you were here Wednesday night, you came in, we had peanut butter and jelly. Nothing fancy, but we had some peanut butter and jelly for those who just come in here straight from work. Wasn't that just wonderful? Can you get any better than a PB&J? But the goodness of that experience really points us to something even greater in heaven. I pray that maybe God would allow some peanut butter and jelly at the banquet. I don't know. But all good things point to the greater good of heaven. Let's not forget that. Amen? So what is it that Jesus is teaching us here in this petition? In this prayer, I think we cast our dependence upon Him and we commit ourselves to His providence, right? Remember, we looked at what is providence. Providence is God actively involved in our everyday being. That's what God's providence is. And this prayer of God Give us this day our daily bread. It's a reminder and it's a commitment on our part to God's providence. It's a commitment to depend upon God Almighty involved in our everyday lives. He's not some God distant up in the clouds somewhere looking down upon us in disdain. He is a God who is active and involved in the here and now. Amen? And so this prayer of dependence on daily bread is reminding us to commit our everyday dependence upon Him, that God may feed us, that He may foster us, and He may preserve us. Because if our basic physical needs are not satisfied, then God is aware that we will not be aware of our spiritual needs. 
Amen. This is one of the reasons that food ministry in the church has always been important. Because if we don't take care of the physical needs of those who are in need of salvation, they will never hear or pay attention to their spiritual needs. Because think about it, it's just like in school. Over the years, I've, I've seen teachers in school, and I've even done this myself uh, as a professor at exam time. I would make sure that students have some snacks from time. I've done that before. Because if a student is concerned about their empty belly, they're not going to be focused on what they're, the task at hand. Amen? So God loves us enough. He wants, he, he, God knows this. He knows and he's aware that if our physical needs are not satisfied, we're going to be distracted of our spiritual needs. This is, so anytime that we help someone in the physical, we're actually pointing them to the spiritual. We're giving them the help they need to pay attention to their spiritual need. And so this petition here, give us, give us this day. We're asking God in that prayer to give us something. It's what, it's what is asked is a gift of God. We're asking God for a gift. How many people like to ask for gifts? That kind of takes away the meaning of a gift if we ask for it, doesn't it? But when we look here in verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. That's very direct. Dear God, give us, give this to us. We're asking for his providence. We're asking for his gift. Now Moses, I think, reminds us that the people of Israel, when they received manna from God, they received manna as not a fruit of their own labors, but they received manna as a gift. If you'll turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8, we're going to look at several verses there uh, throughout the uh, sermon. So if you'll keep your finger at Deuteronomy chapter 8, this helps us understand what God is saying here about the physical needs, our daily bread. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 11 through 20, if you're taking notes. We're not going to read all of it, but if you write down those notes of Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 11 through 20, these verses give us a warning from God through Moses. It's a warning to honor God because He is the provider of all. Right? Deuteronomy chapter 8 speaks about the wealth of His people. It speaks about God providing for them, providing safety. Look here in verse 16 of Deuteronomy chapter 8. If you read up above it, it talks about God bringing them out of Egypt and He allows them to suffer in the wilderness for this purpose. Verse 16, talking of God, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that He might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. He allowed Israel to wander in the wilderness, partly as a punishment for doubt but also to teach them some things. Teach them to depend upon Him, to depend upon His providence, to depend upon what He gives them. He fed them manna in the wilderness. Verse 16 of Deuteronomy 8 reminds us that this manna was given, God had a purpose behind that, to humble His people, to humble the forefathers, to test them so that in the end something good would come. So as we ask God for our daily bread, God is going to provide our needs to humble us. 
Because what happens when we provide for ourselves? When we read in Deuteronomy chapter 8, all of this, we see that part of the downfall was that God blessed His people, but in the process they became so prosperous in their wealth and in their food and in all, everything and their cities, they kind of took it upon themselves. Look at what we did. And God is reminding them here in Deuteronomy, don't forget, I humbled you in the desert and I provided you manna. You didn't provide that for yourself. You couldn't. And I did that to test you. I did that to humble you. And so when we're praying this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, really it is a prayer of submission to the point of, dear God, give us this day our daily bread so that we don't become so arrogant in ourselves. Matthew chapter 6 verse 11 is a, is, is, is this the foundation for the rest of the petitions that come after verse 12 and 13. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Verses 11 through 13 in Matthew uh, chapter 6 is that part of our, our prayers to God of dependence. And where else does dependence begin other than our physical needs? Amen. If, if, if we depend upon God for our everyday needs, then we're going to depend upon God for everything else, forgiveness. And we're going to depend upon God for, for, our temp, for the temptations we're dealing with. And so what Jesus is meaning here in the call for daily bread, it's that bread which is necessary for today. But it's also a continuation, a hope for what will come tomorrow. Anything beyond that, Described in, that's described in Deuteronomy chapter 8 shows that there's a, there's a sidetrack, a warning, a destruction of being off God's path here. If we pray for anything other than what we need today and perhaps even a hope for tomorrow, if we pray for more than that, a very dangerous result is arrogance. A dangerous result, that's what we see in Deuteronomy chapter 8. When we see here in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And Jesus quotes that in Matthew chapter 4 during his temptations. What was it that that Satan was tempting Christ to do? Provide everything you need, Jesus. You've got the power. Turn these stones into bread. Look at the kingdoms of the world. They are yours, Jesus. And Jesus responds to the devil, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It is Jesus citing Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. I'm dependent in the now. Anything beyond that is a temptation if I'm not careful. And so this prayer humbles us. When we pray for God's provision of the daily bread, then what then we're also reminded that this bread is the basic need and we must be dependent upon God for our basic needs. It humbles us. It, it, it kind of focuses our attention on the basic so that we don't lose focus. But when we, when we focus on our basic needs, it directs us all to the highest need, which is God's Word. Remember, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. By depending upon God for our daily bread, it points us and directs us to the need for God's Word. 
as well. When, when we see here in Deuteronomy chapter 8, we, we see a greater vision of God's plan. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Let's look at that closer. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 3 and 4. I want to look at these verses a little bit deeper. Here's what Moses tells us in, in the Pentateuch, Deuteronomy. Let's begin in verse 1. Deuteronomy chapter 8, 1 through 4. The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that He might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart. Notice what's leading up to this. You're going to go in and take the promised land. Now that's a big deal. And Israel could easily fall into the trap of look at our power, look at our strength. But Deuteronomy chapter 8 reminds us, don't forget as you go in and do this mighty thing that God humbled you and gave you your very basic needs to get to this point. Right? Look here in verse 2. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that He might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep His commandments or not. Verse 3. And He humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that He might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. When we lack food, is it God humbling us to depend upon Him, to be reminded that yes, we need bread, but we need something more, which is God's Word. I've had times in my life where I've starved to death. (laughs) And I'm not exaggerating. I mean, there have been times where I was literally without food. When you're hungry, boy, you're dependent. And God will bring us to a point of hunger so that we turn to Him first for our spiritual needs to humble us so that we depend upon Him and we turn to Him and we look to His Word for sustenance. Amen? Now, some of us in this room, we can say, oh, I'm starving to death. But man, you had a breakfast that was bigger than anybody else could ever imagine. You had a lunch that probably caused you to go to sleep in the afternoon. And by the time you get home, you think you're starving, but it's because your stomach has been stretched. That's really what the problem is. But some of us in this room, we understand sincere hunger. Some of us don't. But understand here that hunger leads to dependence. And in the case of Moses and the children of Israel, this dependence and hunger led to manna. I'm going to let that sink in. It led to manna, which led to humility. Amen? God does this to us regularly. And Jesus is teaching us to pray this so that God... In his, remember last week in verse 10 of Matthew chapter 6, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when we're dependent on our daily bread in verse 11, we are being aware of and wakened up to the kingdom that God is establishing on earth. I'm dependent upon you. 
This petition for God to provide our daily bread, it's a serious act of humility which reminds the affluent, those who maybe have never been hungry, to remain in dependence upon God. If you're not physically hungry, leading an, an intentional prayer of give us this day our daily bread reminds the affluent, and I would say that's all of us in the United States for the most part, to depend upon God. When one is wayward in their dependence upon their Creator, then I think God promises to break the staff of provision that grants us the ability to prosper. God is the one who demands obedience and the consequences follow when His people stray from His provision. Look here, turn with me to Leviticus chapter 26. This is also very telling in the Mosaic Law. Leviticus chapter 26 beginning in verse 26. Again, this is punishment for disobedience. When you look at Leviticus chapter 26, God is speaking through the Mosaic law that if you disobey, right? God blessed His people Israel. They prospered wherever they went. Matter of fact, to this day, if God's people Israel depends upon God, they do very well. But God is, he says, here's the consequences of disobeying me. Verse 16, uh, Leviticus 26, verse 26. When I break your supply of bread, ten women shall bake your bread in a single oven and shall dole out your bread again by weight, and you shall eat and not be satisfied. In other words, when you are so used to your affluence and your, and your, and your riches and your success and you disobey me and you worship your success over dependence upon God the Father, God says in his word, there will come a time when I break your supply of bread and you will not be satisfied. And he does that for his glory. You could say it's for our benefit as well, but primarily our benefit is to glorify God and He will humble us and break us and bring us to a point of dependence to where we must pray, give us this day our daily bread. Amen? So when Jesus teaches us to call upon God for this daily bread, we're dependent upon God for our physical needs. But deeper still, as we said, is the call to depend upon God for the strength to obey His commands. That's what Leviticus 26 is pointing to. Disobedience leads to hunger for the point of reminding you to depend upon God the Father. Some of us in this room may have experienced that from time to time. If we're children of God and we disobey, what does He lovingly do? He'll get our attention some way. He'll, he'll cause us to hunger. The result of this withdrawal from God's providence is actually starvation. We'll starve. And not just physical starvation, but spiritual starvation too. Continue to read here in Leviticus 26. Let's look at verses 27 through 32. But if in spite of this, right, in verse 26, God says, I'll break your supply of bread and I'll humble you. Verse 27, But if in spite of this you will not listen to me, but walk contrary to me, then I will walk contrary to you in fury, 
And I myself will discipline you sevenfold for your sins. You shall eat the flesh of your sons, and you shall eat the flesh of your daughters. And I will destroy your high places, and cut down your incense altars, and cast your dead bodies upon the dead bodies of your idols, and my soul will abhor you. That is a horrible place to become. And I will lay your cities waste, and I will make your sanctuaries desolate, and I will not smell your pleasing aromas, and I myself will devastate the land so that your enemies who settle in it shall be appalled at it. God will get our attention, and He will make His glory known. So, dear God, give us this day our daily bread. Now, Proverbs chapter 30, which was our call to worship today, was, is also a, a great reminder of our dependence upon God and even the, even the bread that we need. Proverbs chapter 30. Let's take a look here at verses 7 through 9. Proverbs chapter 30. This is, I mean, this is a prayer. Uh, someone who, I mean, this could be, uh, this could be uh, an alternate to give us this day our daily bread. This right here kind of breaks it down. Proverbs chapter 30 verse 7. Two things I ask of you. Deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. So in other words, dear God, please do not make me so impoverished that I'm starving, but dear God, don't bless me so much that I am beyond myself. Give me what I need today. And here in verse 8, feed me with the food that is needful for me. You see why we pray that prayer? Give us this day our daily bread. Provide, dear God, what I need today so that I am neither starving nor too arrogant and too prosperous. Dear God, just please, will you? I depend on you just for what I need. That's, that's a simple prayer. Because what's the result here? Look here in verse 9. Lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. So here in verse 9, look here what we see. If I am too prosperous, I'll be full, and I won't depend on you. I'll deny you. But if I am starving and I am too poor, then I'm going to result to steal for my bread, and I will profane your name. So in other words, dear God, give us this day our daily bread. In Luke's gospel, we don't have to turn there, but Luke chapter 11 also has a version of the Lord's Prayer that is simpler than Matthew's account. But in Luke chapter 11, verse 3, Luke says, Give us each day our daily bread. That's what he records from Jesus' words. Give us each day our daily bread. Whereas Matthew's gospel says, Give us this day our daily bread. Slightly different word, but the meaning is the same. The emphasis on each day implies a strong request Not only, dear God, give me what I need today, but will you continue to give me what I need daily? So it's an ongoing prayer, a daily prayer, but also a future-looking, ongoing prayer. Continue to provide for me, dear God, 
Because we've got to remember that what sustains us as citizens of the kingdom, they're resources from beyond the constraints of this physical world. We're dependent upon something other than the now. We're dependent upon that which is eternal for the now. So from the future which God brings about and has already achieved in raising Christ from the dead, we are dependent on those needs now. Here's what Jesus says in John chapter 6 about Him providing. John chapter 6 verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So how do we obtain this daily bread that satisfies? What is that bread? Jesus makes it real clear. The bread that you're dependent upon, the bread that you're praying for, yes, you're praying for the physical bread. But he says here in John chapter 6, I am the bread of life. Amen? You see what Jesus is teaching us here in the Lord's Prayer? In Matthew chapter 6, I know I've got you flipping around, but flip back to Matthew chapter 6. Give us this day our daily bread. What is that bread that is ultimately what we need? Yes, we need to eat. Amen? But think about this. In Matthew... (laughs) I'm sorry, I got sidetracked here. Um, but in John chapter 6, when Jesus is talking about He was the bread of life, who was He talking to? He's replying to those who followed Him after the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. You remember that miracle? He fed 5,000 people with a few loaves of bread and a few fish. And it was after that miracle that He goes to the other side of the Sea of Galilee and there were people involved in that great miracle who followed Him around the lake and and they were meeting Him on the other side when He landed and they were looking for another free meal. He took care of their physical needs and they thought that's all that Christianity was. And so His reply to them in John chapter 6, verse 35, to those who followed Him was, I am that bread of life that you're really hungering for. But when you read that chapter as well, what happens? Most of those people turned from Jesus and went home because the teaching was too hard for them. Too often those who encountered Jesus received such a great blessing compared to their spiritual hunger that they confused the gifts of God to material prosperity. And so they followed Jesus for the material rewards rather than following Jesus for the true spiritual bread that He is. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the eternal life. He is the living water that John chapter 4 says, verse 13, where Jesus and the Samaritan woman were at the well. And Jesus talks to this woman and He tells her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. And so what is Jesus teaching us here in Matthew 6, verse 11? Give us this day our daily bread. In other words, we're asking for our physical daily bread, but deeper He's teaching us to pray for Jesus, who is He is the bread of life, the living water. He is all that we could ever hope for and dream. And in obtaining that, wow, is there anything else we genuinely need? Amen? 
So whatever the precise emphasis in the Lord's Prayer on daily bread, let's think about this. This petition of daily bread is a powerful expression of trust. It's a powerful expression of dependence. We're commanded to pray that God would give us what we need. We're not commanded to pray that God give us what we want. Nor are we commanded to pray, dear God, give us what we desire. It's, dear God, give us this day our daily bread. Just what we need. We ask that God see our actual needs. Because God does see our actual needs. And in praying this prayer, we're actually acknowledging, dear God, you see my need. Please provide. And so the more material needs that are in view, the clear implication is that God is concerned for the provisions of our needs. We need stuff. Now, the modern interpreter of this passage should certainly hesitate long before reading any kind of big... I mean, there's a clear dichotomy here between spiritual and material needs here, but it's also one and the same. In other words, we don't look at give us this day our daily bread and say, oh, it's not talking about our physical needs. It's only talking about the spiritual. Some people interpret it that way. But I think that's a misguided notion because Jesus is telling us here that God does know our needs. And we do have daily needs. And we depend upon God for it all. Let's think about this. When we pray to God for this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, we're actually also acknowledging His holiness and His sovereignty. So the Lord's Prayer is a structure for us to depend upon not ourselves, because when we depend upon ourselves physically and spiritually, what usually happens? How many of us fall flat on our face? Amen? (laughs) And so Jesus, in teaching us to pray, is reminding us to depend upon Him. The last thing that I want us to remind ourselves of here is give us this day our daily bread. This ties directly into what we will be practicing today, which is communion at the Lord's table. When Jesus reminds us to take the bread, what is He reminding us of? He's using the physical as a pointer to a greater spiritual and eternal. Now, physically, his body was broken. Jesus possessed a physical existence, yet he was divine all at the same time. But in order to atone for our sin, in order to provide the ransom due for our sin, to rescue us from the power of sin, His physical body was broken. And if Jesus is the bread of life and His body is broken for us, and we pray, dear God, give us this day our daily bread, can we also see that as a prayer of, dear God, give us Your Son every day? We come to the Lord's table here at Sovereign Grace once a month, And I think that's a good compromise because we don't want the act of communion to become so ritualistic that we miss the greater impact. But are we daily praying and remembering what Christ has done for us? 
Give us this day our daily bread. Which means, dear God, give us your son. Every day. Do we forget that? Remember, every Sunday of me looking, of us teaching and looking through the Sermon on the Mount and looking at this Lord's Prayer, I am challenging you. Are you praying? When you pray, do you hallow God's name? When you pray, do you call for His kingdom to come? Remember, that's an evangelistic prayer. Today, I'm asking, are you praying, dear God, give me this day my daily bread? Nothing more, nothing less. And in that prayer, are we asking the same thing? Dear God, give us the bread of your Son, Jesus Christ, today.